0: This is the Italian Citizenship Podcast, hosted by Marco Permunian and Rafael Di Furia. Hello there and welcome to another edition of the Italian Citizenship Podcast, presented by ItalianCitizenshipAssistance.com. Of course, we are back with the one and only attorney Marco Permunian. How are you doing, man?
1: Good, how are you?
0: I'm doing great, thank you. Today, we talked about doing a FAQ video about the 1948 cases about some of the things that really come up the most often. I mean, that's what FAQ for frequently asked questions mean. So we decided that it was about time to jump back into that topic a little bit, uh, especially because there has been an update as of last December that will be taking effect uh, in just the next little while, depending on when this episode ends up coming out, it could already be um, updated. So be sure to check out that last episode. But Uh, Let's just get some things knocked out of the way. Marco, when you go through the process, when you actually are making a a court case, what are the documents required for an individual or group of people who are making this 1948 claim?
1: The documents required are very similar to the documents that you would have to gather to apply for citizenship through a consulate or through an Italian municipality. So there are no major differences there. You still need to get the uh, Italian ancestors' birth certificate and marriage record death certificate. So depending on whether you're using the male or female, you're gonna need uh, his or her birth certificate, marriage record, death certificate. And of course, the naturalization records of uh, the ancestor that you're using and then all of the birth certificates, marriage records and death certificates for the individual in the Italian line down to you. Now probably the only peculiarity could be that uh, for some people applying for Italian citizenship through a 1948 case is a necessity because the male ancestor cannot be used because he became naturalized before the child, uh, his child was born in America and that forces you to use the female ancestor. So in that case, it could be useful and advisable to also get the birth certificate for the male ancestor, even if you can't use it, and maybe he has naturalization records to prove that you cannot use that ancestor in a consulate or um, with an application in an Italian municipality to show the judge that your only option is to Use your female ancestor. Of course, other people will actually be using the male ancestor because there is then uh, the the male ancestor had a female in America who gave birth to her child before 1948. So that's the probably the um, I want to say second most common scenario. And of course, all of these documents need to be official, certified copies and they will need to be um, apostilled and translated into Italian. And the translations will need to be uh, certified by uh, an Italian court, or you can get them certified in the US by the Italian consulate. Or even there is a third option, which means that you can get them certified uh, by a translator abroad that uh, swears that the translations are accurate before a, a notary public in the u.s then the documents can be used then
0: somebody to the court and also because of what has been coming up recently that there's going to be a change in the system that you're going to be able to apply in rome or a local court um like what is this going to look like i mean of course we don't have a clear idea yet and i'm sure we'll be able to say a lot more as some time has passed by but I mean, is there anything that we can look at to have an idea of the track records of these courts or how they might rule on special circumstances or even what the duration of the process might look like in these places? Will it be longer? Will it be shorter, more friendly, less friendly? Do you have any indication of what these things could look like?
1: As you said at the beginning of the video, we had a huge update in uh, December of uh, last year. Uh, when the government uh, basically made a new law about a lot of things, but one of the provisions in there basically had the goal to decrease the workload of the court of Rome, which was um, I want to say overworked or uh, a lot of cases were being presented in Rome by people um, uh, trying to get Italian citizenship and, and you know people successfully going through this process. so the Italian government realized that the court of Rome was uh, being overwhelmed by citizenship cases and introduced the ability to file the case uh, aimed at getting Italian citizenship, obtaining Italian citizenship Mm -hmm. through the local courts. I just said ability, but at the beginning it sounded like an ability, but the more we go on, the more it sounds like you will be forced to use the local court, so it will not be possible anymore to use the court of Rome, unless, of course, your ancestor was born uh, in that area. We are waiting on clarifications from the government, but it looks like you'll have to use um, the local court to file your case. Now, not any local courts, but only... uh, the courts located uh, it's basically there's a specific way to identify these courts but just to make it easy for people to understand it would be like the court in the major city in in the biggest city in the region Um, normally in the province even if there will be some exceptions uh, depending on the region there may be two courts that you can use Um, so you have to file in that court that covers basically the area where uh, the municipality where your ancestor was born is located. Now, as you said, the local courts will start hearing these cases in uh, June of 2022, so it's not possible to file a case In a local court prior to June of 2022. But after June, uh, you'll have basically to file there. And a lot of people are wondering uh, what will change. Well, the process will be the same. The only difference is that uh, a local judge will hear your case, which will probably increase the chances that the judge will have heard uh, fewer cases regarding citizenship, which could be a good thing uh, because that could even potentially remove the problem of. Um, judges, uh, as we said like a moment ago, judges in Rome ruling against cases involving an ancestor naturalizing when the child was minor. Maybe that will not happen anymore in the local courts, and just, just because this is a trend that has been going on in Rome. So uh, it could really get, be a good thing that uh, judges have heard few citizenship fewer citizenship cases than the court of Rome, which lately has been hearing a lot of these cases. Um, also, the duration could be positively affected because uh, we could expect to uh, a local court to be less overwhelmed with citizenship mm-hmm. cases, because uh, as opposed to the past, where all of the cases were being presented in one place in Rome, now they're spread out, so uh, fewer citizenship cases per per court. Uh, of course, we're talking about Italy, where the bureaucracy is knowingly slow, so. I want to say that we can't expect uh, these cases to be uh, processed super quickly, but I want to say, and we will see how things go, um, that there will be
0: an improvement, uh, an overall improvement. Mm. Well, I definitely hope so. Interesting. And what about the duration of the process? I know that's another question that comes up quite often because, I mean, it's one thing to have all the documents uh, collected, but how long will it take once those documents have not only been collected but submitted um, that this whole process will will take to go through?
1: That is a very good question and a quite hard question to answer because the duration of the process will depend on a variety of factors. Um, first of all, the judge. Uh, there are judges that are very busy, they have a very busy schedule, and in the end, it all comes down to how quickly the judge can set the hearing, um, meaning that it's at the end of the day, it's gonna be one hearing, unless there is a need for a second hearing, but normally there isn't. So uh, the the first and only hearing uh, could be as far out as several months, over a year, if the judge has a very busy schedule, or it could be uh, after just a couple of months, a few months um, mm-hmm. from when you, from when the judge is assigned to the case. Um, taking a step back here, uh, it's uh, it's actually not just a matter of when the judge sets the hearing, because before a judge is assigned to your case the president of the court needs to take action. So you first have to file your case and then the president of the court uh, has to assign a judge to the case. And this whole process, meaning from when you file to when a judge is actually assigned to your case, could take a few months, uh, depending on, uh, especially with the uh, current situation or in in the current situation, the the situation that we've experienced in the past uh, couple of years, there were some delays There Uh, now the situation is getting better, but uh, from when the judge is assigned to your case, then at that point is a matter of how long it takes for the judge to schedule the hearing and how far out the hearing will be. Now, if the hearing is too uh, far out, what you can do if you have like reasons for urgency, if you need uh, citizenship for very specific urgent reasons like uh, work-related reasons or health related reasons you could your attorney and 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 as of course if you're using ICA can file a motion to the judge to request an early hearing the judge may or may not grant uh, an early hearing depending uh, on whether uh, the judge considers your reasons to be uh, valid enough now after the hearing you have to wait for the judge to render a final judgment and that again can take um, a few weeks up to a few months. And then from when you have the final judgment, all you have to do is basically register the final judgment at the municipality and and then you can apply for an Italian passport. And the registration with the municipality uh, can take anywhere from a few weeks to a couple of months depending on the workload of the municipality. So at the end of the day, there is no straight answer. To this question, because it will depend on the judge that is assigned to your case and on the municipality that you
0: have to deal with uh, for the registration
1: of the judgment and your birth certificate.
0: And so uh, maybe just a kind of a, a quick related question. Is it maybe, is it difficult to get one of these case, uh, these court dates? Is it, even though you said it takes time, is it something where you just make a submission or a request to to be able to to present the case, or do you have to go through a process of requesting X, Y and Z? Because, for example, when somebody is making a claim for your sanguinis, there can be a wait there and, it, and even just going through the process of trying to get an appointment uh, within the systems online can be a little bit tricky. Is there something similar with the court cases that you have to go through with Rome or uh, it, what will be coming soon with the local courts? Is, is that similar at all or is it more straightforward?
1: Uh, it's a very straightforward process. So it just entails filing your petition uh, through your mm-hmm. attorney. And then the office of the clerk of the court will basically put the request in the system at which point the president of the judge will only have to assign uh, a judge to your case and then it will be automatic for the judge Mm -hmm. to set your hearing. And what will happen is that you will hear from uh, your attorney who will be notified by the court um,
0: about uh, the hearing date. Interesting, interesting, and I, I'm also just curious because there's another um, topic that ends up coming up a bit um, about the circumstances when that may come up for uh, when a um, direct uh, ancestor of the individual or group of individuals who are making this claim in front of the court uh, when they their ancestor was a minor child um, how how does this come up and what does that look like how how does that affect? um these cases
1: very interesting question so quite a few people they are in a situation where their ancestor be it the female or the male ancestor of the ancestor who emigrated uh from italy and, and the ancestor that you're using to make your claim became a u.s citizen uh when the child was a minor the child born in the u.s Now, you may be wondering what's wrong with that uh, because all the Italian consulates in the US and around the world um, or um, Italian municipalities for people who make their claim in Italy who don't have a 1948 case, uh, for them, this situation, it's a very common situation and it's not problematic. And the same should be for the Italian courts, but recently in the past couple of years we have seen a number of judges, luckily that's a minority of judges, that consider this situation as resulting in the child born in the US losing um, their Italian citizenship. Now there is no doubt that if the child was born in Italy and emigrated as a baby or a young child uh, to America with their parents and the parents or the parent became naturalized when the child was a minor, uh, that that would result in the parent or parents, but also the child losing Italian citizenship. So there is no question about that. But why these judges are uh, considering that a US-born child will lose their Italian citizenship just because their parents uh, or parent became a U.S. citizen while this child was a minor—that's that's beyond me. But unfortunately, it's the situation right now, and we um, th- there are some people who have these cases falling in let's call it a subcategory of 1948 cases um, that have uh, the ancestor who became naturalized. Uh, when the child was a minor, uh, well, in these situations, there is a risk of losing your case. But I want to be clear on this. Only if yours is a 1948 case and only if you have an ancestor who became naturalized when the child was a minor and only if you are uh, unlucky enough to get one of these judges that is interpreting the law Mm -hmm. in this wrong way. Um, So the risks are there but we're talking about very specific situations and
0: um, not all the judges uh, use this line of reasoning. So that's interesting. So kind of just to, to recap what you were saying is that there is a minor chance that this minor could actually end up affecting the outcome, but you said it's only amongst a minority of the judges and it's just a random chance if your judge actually has this understanding or not. Um, Is there any way that people have ever tried to um, maybe make a public appeal to these individuals or um, or is there an appeal process that if this person, um, if one of these judges makes this decision that would that would throw out this case, how would that work? I mean, is this possible? Uh, if it is possible, what would be like the 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 duration of this? And how much would this end up adding a lot of costs? Do you have to pay for another filing? Is there a filing fee? H- how does that all work? Um, and is there any way or maybe something that people can do to try and publicly sway these opinions? I don't know if that's even a thing or if it's even a, a wise decision to try to do. <laughs> What you said is correct. And again, it
1: only affects a minority of cases, a minority of situations. But if, you, uh, if your case happens to be rejected because uh, you get one of those judges, uh, again, it's a minority of judges that, that rules against your case, then you have the ability to appeal before the court of appeal. And uh, the court of appeal for cases that are filed in Rome is also in Rome. and. Yes, you have to file again for an appeal. Uh, y- there is no need to gather documents again because you can use the documents that were used with the lower court, which will give them back to you. Uh, there is, though, a filing fee to be paid again. So, not only you have to pay a filing fee to file your case in the first place, but also you have to pay a filing fee to file with the court of appeal, which is a little bit higher than what you. Uh, Paid uh, to file with a lower court. Now, um, this situation will persist probably until uh, these cases reach the Supreme Court, which is uh, the court in Rome that would have to look at the case if your case was to be rejected again by the Court of Appeal. So, until the Supreme Court will basically look at these situations and take a clear decision, uh, we can expect the situation and judges to be a little bit confused. Uh, mm-hmm. But when the Supreme Court will go in one direction, we can expect the lower uh, courts basically to just comply with whatever the um, Supreme Court end up saying. But uh, we're at the stage where none of these cases reached the Supreme Court. Uh, there are a few people that have seen their cases being rejected because of this situation They are in the stage of the appeal and a lot of people are winning the appeals some of them are not so there seems to be some confusion and different opinions also within the court of appeal so uh, we'll just have to wait to see um, what will happen in the future and if the supreme court will ever be involved and if they will ever
0: take a decision Uh, and go in one direction or the other. So again, just to reiterate, even though this is something that we've been talking about and because unfortunately there can be a little bit of confusion, this is only in a very rare situation like what Marco has described before. So it's only a minority of people who are dealing with a minority of judges that just by chance happen to be matched up. in in this unfortunate circumstance where these appeals uh, may become necessary. So if you are somebody going through a 1948 case, this is something that the majority of people should not have to worry about at this point in time. So um, I think it might actually be worthwhile moving on to the next question after that little clarification in there. Uh, But there are a lot of people who are interested in moving to Italy when they get their Italian citizenship or even just just for a brief period of time to experience the country. But there are some people who are maybe a little less patient. I know I would be one of those people. (laughs) And they want to know if they would be able to live in Italy during the 1948 process.
1: So there is no visa or residency permit meant for people who filed a 1948 case. And that's because... Uh, for you to be able to file a 1948 case, you don't really need to be present in Italy. And you don't even have to attend the hearing or hearings because you uh, are basically giving power of attorney to an attorney, an Italian attorney, who will represent you throughout the whole process, who will file the case for you, who will attend the hearing for you. So because there is no need for you to be present in Italy, at any stage of the process. There is no residency permit or visa which is meant for people who start uh, these kind of processes. Now you can apply for another visa, you can apply for uh, any kind of visa, but not something that is uh, applied for in connection with you filing a 19 48 case uh, so in other words there is no visa for example like for those people who apply for citizenship sanguinis by descent so people who have a normal case and who decide to file their case in Italy in an Italian municipality for them a visa is um, available because they have to reside in Italy during the process so there is a specific reason um, why a visa is available in those specific situations,
0: but not for, an, for people who file a 1948 case. But just, I guess, kind of related to this topic as well as something that I've said a couple of times that maybe wor- would be worthwhile clarifying, um, that it is possible, in fact, for your company and your your law firm and the lawyers that that work there to not only represent just one person, during this case, uh, but to actually represent uh, a family of individuals who would be making this claim, correct?
1: Absolutely. Um, actually, the majority of our clients they apply together with family members, um, uh-huh. children, adult children, siblings, parents, even cousins or second cousins, and that's because as long as you share the same ancestor, um, you can get other people on your case. And basically uh, everyone can be on the same case, which means that you can uh, share the costs, share the Mm -hmm. attorney, share the documents. So it has several advantages to be on the same case with family members. Uh, Of course, you at the end of the day will need more documents, which may delay the process of gathering documents a little bit. So if you really are in a rush, it may be worthwhile considering. But if you're not in an extremely urgent situation, just because uh, we're not talking about huge delays um, because of all the benefits um, that I just mentioned, in my opinion, it makes a lot of sense for you to get other family members on board and share the process and the costs with them.
0: Interesting. And so um, because you mentioned that you could have cousins, second cousins, grandparents, parents, children, brothers, sisters, uncles, whatever, is there any limit to any, the amount of people that can be on one file? or is there even a recommended maximum or just whoever's there, whoever wants to be a part of it can be part of it?
1: Yeah, I'd say neither. Neither there's a limit nor a recommended amount of people. Like I said, if you, and and I've I've come across these situations where there were families with 30 people wanting to apply for citizenship, that's totally fine. And, And a lot of my clients, they ask me, Is there any downside, especially for the judge? Is the judge going to be against us because we are such a large group? And my answer is always uh, judges are very objective. They don't really care about how many people are filing a 1948 case. It's all about the law and whether these people are entitled to citizenship. Mm -hmm. So if you are a large group, don't worry. That's totally fine. Now, if you're a 30 people group, just uh, be aware of the fact that you will need birth certificates, marriage records, divorce records, and uh, all of the personal vital records for everyone in the case. So that could cause some delays in filing because until you have all the documents for all the petitioners, you cannot file the case in Rome and start your case.
0: Interesting. I mean, I guess I could potentially even see the flip side of that as well, that if you have a family of 30 people all-for-one court case, it's almost better in a way for the community of people as a whole um, so that there's not like maybe 15 different court cases or 30 different court cases. So that maybe, in fact, I don't know, maybe I'm making a wrong assumption here, but for the for everybody as a whole, it could actually help these procedures to be able to move through faster instead of having another extra 30-odd people in there. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you know what? Just one last question for this episode, uh, because I know there are a lot of people who are curious to do research about this and to find out more information about the judge that is going to be presiding over their case. Is it possible uh, for somebody to go and research uh, the judgments? Are are these court records made public at all? Or can a person go on, even maybe is there an online database where this is available? Yes, the judgments are public, so
1: anyone can have access to them. Now, is it easy to find them? Probably not for somebody who is not an attorney. There are specific databases in Italy that you have to subscribe to and you have to pay for normally attorneys they have those they, they have the, the access to those databases there are several types of databases so for an attorney definitely it is possible to research these judgments for um, a potential candidate to italian citizenship probably won't be so easy um, and you're going to have to rely on whatever you find on Uh, the internet so probably not much but for an attorney it's possible to have access to these uh, judgments so to see how judges rule in specific situations but um, it is also true that not all the judgments are published in these databases often so you may find that
0: not all Mm -hmm. the judgments are available not even to uh, an attorney in Italy. Well, thank you so much again, Marco, for making yourself available. And of course, if anybody is needing help with this process from you and your team at ItalianCitizenshipAssistance.com, how can they get in contact with you and your team? People can contact us through our website
1: ItalianCitizenshipAssistance.com or give us a call. The number is on the website.
0: Absolutely fantastic. And of course, if you're interested in more content like this about Italian citizenship or even about Italian real estate, make sure that you are subscribed to this channel here on YouTube or you can subscribe to the audio only podcast, the Italian citizenship podcast. But of course, being subscribed to the YouTube channel means that you are automatically also subscribed to the Italian real estate podcast just with that one single simple click. Also, if you're interested in any content about life abroad, living abroad, living abroad as a dual citizen expat, be sure to come over to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash di Furia, where I talk more about life abroad, living abroad, as well as show you a little bit more exploring kind of the areas where I am uh, talking about life in Europe as a dual citizen expat, as well as life in Italy as a dual citizen expat. Of course, we have been here yet again with Italian attorney Marco Permunian from ItalianCitizenshipAssistance.com for another episode of the Italian citizenship podcast. And of course, I'm Rafael Di Furia. Stay safe and healthy out there and we will see you all next time. Later. Thank you.